0: Welcome to the Run for God podcast, the 5K challenge, a 12 week journey from the couch to the 5K finish line. Hey, guess what? Don't tell anybody. No, tell everybody. You made it. We're finally here. Week number 12. You've made it through the hard part. Now, the reward. It's time to run the 5K race at the end of the week. Hi, I'm Ted, and we're here with the Run for God 5K Challenge podcast, and this is Week 12. As always, I'm joined by the Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis, and our Run for God ambassador, Dean Thompson. Last week's story was entitled, Running with God. And so this week's story is titled, Silent Running with God.
1: Yeah, Ted, today's story comes from a uh, Bell Hoyt, Ohio. Am I saying that right? Beloit? Beloit? Beloit, Ohio. It's in Ohio. I'll have to ask John. But the title, just like you said, is A Silent Running with God, and it's written by John Hancock. Now, it's not the John Hancock that we all know. (laughs) He's got
0: a real big signature, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, the title sounds pretty intriguing. What is Silent Running with God?
1: Well, and, and I'll be honest, I actually I emailed John this morning and I thanked him for this story because this is one that I really needed to hear today. Wow. It's something that I think we all need to hear. And, and Ted, you're, you're a radio guy and we're used to sure, we're used to noise all the time, but John talks about the value of silence. And in, in today's world, we just don't value silence anymore. and, and technology is a big part of that problem. It's, it's made everything noisy. Our busyness makes us feel like we always need to be listening to something. You know, if you go to a college campus nowadays and you walk around or even the city streets of, of a big city these days, you see people walking around with earbuds in their ears. Yeah. And it seems like everyone has to have noise. And he talks about um, he, he was thinking back to 9-11 and he thought about how quiet the skies were uh, the evening or the few days you know after 9-11 sure. when they grounded all the planes and, and how strange it was. And he talks about how his, his grandmother would, would, would turn her television on to a ball game and, and always had that playing in the background because it reminded her of her husband after he had passed away. And, and our, our technological world has become so noisy that we forget about
0: silence. And that silence has a value, too. Why does he say that?
1: You, you know, all the noise prevents us from stopping to examine our lives. And, and we seem to try to drown out the silence because— Silence often can be scary. But John says many times we can only hear God when we're silent.
0: And unless I'm out of breath, running is silent.
1: Yeah, and in contrast to most other sport, running is silent. Uh, It's a great time to embrace the silence and to look for those answers. You know, John says that silence isn't empty. It's full of answers. You know, we all know people who have an opinion about everything. I, Mm -hmm. I think we all know those people.
2: And um, well, um, if you don't me. know
1: one, it's probably you. <laughs> exactly. So remember that. Uh, they're never silent. They, they have an opinion about everything. And it's, it's, it's the people who are disciplined, who rarely give their opinion, that speak with meaning and importance. You know, I, I tell my, my kids all the time, I tell our tri-team, um, I, I, I make the statement, be the person who doesn't say much so that when he does, people listen.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned a few minutes ago that I'm a radio guy, and uh, I have numerous times, I get so sick of the taste of shoe leather, we've all probably stuck (laughs) our foot in our mouth at one time or another.
2: Yeah, I'd say we've all done that. Uh, Some people more than others probably, and I know I've been to that well way too many times.
0: Uh,
1: Yeah, but the the best thing we can do uh, when we're angry, jealous, anxious, or disappointed, you you know, those are the times we usually tend to speak our mind but the best thing we can do is is take a quiet run with God. You know, the ability to stay silent in the face of adversity is a sure sign of maturity. And that's, yeah. man, that, that really stepped on my toes this morning. And I'll just be honest with you. And it's, it's not only in this world, but in our, in our spiritual world as well. Um, when we can be calm and take our problems to God and listen for his response, we can find truth true peace in the face of those problems. Uh, being, being able to hear nothing but the footsteps and the breathing combined with the physical exertion allows us to, to truly appreciate the things God has provided for us. He goes on to say that he's always amazed at how fast the miles go by when he's able to be quiet and let his, spoke, his soul speak. You know, this, this really reminds me of, of last week's chapter, chapter 11, when we talked about running with God. Uh, but he also he goes on to say he he finishes by talking about how difficult it is to be quiet and calm, especially in the face of adversity and challenges. And he quotes a, a, a gentleman by the name of Frank Ocean, and I love this quote. It says, "Work hard in silence, and let your success be your noise." Mm-hmm. I'd never heard that quote Good before, either. but I love it. Um, we need to find more silence in our lives. We need to listen to God. And we need to work hard, and we can make all the noise we want when we get to heaven.
0: That is a great thought, for sure. Hey, John goes on to ask the question, what are the noises that distract your run for God? Well, let me ask you guys that question. What are the things that get in the way for you?
1: Phones. Phones. Um, And I I say, turn them off. If we can do more of that... um, the better we are, you know, yeah. you, you may be listening to this podcast on your run. So I'm not saying to, to turn us <laughs> off right now, uh, but there, but there's so many ways that we can do that. We all have, or we have teen, I have teenagers and they can be awesome sometimes, but they can also cause a lot of noise sure. and distraction. Um, they're, they're busy themselves. So not only are we putting out the occasional fire and, and, you know, yelling at everyone to, to be quiet, but, um,
0: we want to teach them the importance of of being silent and how how silence is a part of their everyday life. Yeah, we're just trying
1: they? to we're trying to get them to understand the importance of silence in a world that's teaching them always have something going on.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's so many divided things going on. There's all. I, it seems like I've got five things going on at one time all the time. And you're getting one thing in one ear and one another thing in another ear, and you're seeing one thing out of one eye and another thing out of the other eye. And I've always said that I'd rather be busy than bored, but there comes a, a danger in missing out on the silence when we're so busy that, that we never become bored, if that's what we want to call it. Uh, but that's why running is so important to me. It it kind of forces me to be silent from time to time.
0: You know, I've often heard and I've often said, and, and God just keeps bringing this to me because I need it every day. If the devil can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised, Amen. but we multitask so many times. There's four or five things we've got going on. When in reality, what you'll find is you're not getting nearly as much done as if you would just focus on one thing and get it done than the other. Silence is a big part of that. Why does silence seem to be so uncomfortable for us?
1: Well, you talk about multitasking. I'm sitting here in our studio right now, and I'm seeing four, five computer screens, three phones, and a and a mixing board. Sure, it's a there's there's a lot there's a lot demanding our time, but it's Ted, It's just not what the world expects. It's not what it demands. You know, I'm reminded of a video, and it's actually our number one video on our YouTube channel. And it's it's the the title of it is Satan's Convention and I talk about it in there it's a story that I read talking about how in today's age many times this is what Satan uses in our lives is is busyness yeah. and distractions and and lots of things and it's um, there's a there's a reason why there are TVs and music in the background everywhere nowadays you you can't go into any office without hearing music or seeing a TV play and and there's a there's there is that expectation that we will multitask and it's it's almost like we're looked at as lazy or at least odd if, if we want silence in our lives. And unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the world doesn't give you a reason to value silence, does it?
2: Boy, you're right. I, I think we dislike silence because we're afraid of what it's going to tell us. You know, God's calling out to us all the time. And if you don't have that relationship with Christ, it, it's a bit unnerving to have it pointed out to you. So if you stay busy and noisy, you don't have to hear it. And then there's the idea that if if we are Christians, that if we don't want our shortcomings pointed out to us, if we stay busy, we don't really have to confront those things in the moment.
0: Yeah, but we will all confront those things at some point. John adds a verse that we've all heard before. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet water, Psalm 23.2. When you do a study on shepherds, and and sheep are dumb, Mm -hmm. and we are sheep, and we are dumb, and God Mm -hmm. or a shepherd has to make the sheep lie down and rest, or they'll just run themselves until until they fall over. When we have a relationship with God, he will see to it that, that we take time to commune with him. And then it leads to another verse that John shares from Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. You know, that's what happens when we take the time to be silent and really listen. Well, here it is. It's race day. We're going to talk about what to expect when we get back. So if you need the perfect music to listen to while you're running, check out J Radio. It doesn't matter what style of music you like, we've got the positive Christian music for you. It's a music streaming platform that will motivate you to keep on running. JRadio.com or check it out in your app store. All right, guys, it's race day. They've invested a lot of time to get to this day. Congratulations. Dean, what can everyone expect on race day?
2: Well, one thing I know you can expect, and that is you are going to be nervous. And that is okay. It doesn't matter if this is your first race or if it's your 1,000th race. You're probably going to be nervous. A lot of folks do. Elite folks are nervous. Newbies are nervous. Everybody's nervous. It's okay. Um, We're going to try to tell you what to expect so that even if this if this is your first race that you you kind of know a little bit and you'll be a little less nervous
0: if it's like a true run for god race when you walk up there in the morning it's dark uh your lots going on and you're going to hear me as the announcer or an announcer to race telling you different things what time you're going to be lining up all that kind of stuff but if i am new to one of these races besides that what should i be aware of before i even get out of the car
2: well, I, I think this is important. A lot of p- folks think they're gonna they're gonna go up to a race and they're they're going to be uh, looked at as oh my gosh I look out of place because I'm new. Uh, And it's important for everybody to realize that nobody's looking at them that way. If this is your first race and you walk up, you're not out of place. There are a lot of people that are going to that race that have the same goal that you do, and they're in the same boat as you are. So uh, I assure you, you're not out of place. As a matter of fact, the veterans that are there, that maybe they notice that you're new there, Um, they're happy to see you because if not for you, they wouldn't have those races. They love to see new faces. And also, before the race, keep reminding yourself that you've done all the training necessary to have a good day. Remember that just because you're nervous doesn't mean you need to change anything.
0: Yeah, but uh, some people may be thinking – Dean, what if I'm afraid that I'm going to be the very last one to cross the finish line?
2: (laughs) We hear that a lot, Uh, but most of the time it doesn't happen. Most races are are community events where there there are all sorts of people who come and um, people who don't even train at all, and they just show up and just walk um, because they're there to support a cause. Um, There's almost always somebody there who's going to be slower. Um, You probably won't finish last, but Even if you do, so what? You you won't find a bunch of seasoned runners at the finish line waiting for you just so they can make fun of you at the finish line. They'll be supportive, and they might even take the opportunity to cheer you on because they've already done.
0: That's right. In fact, if you can make it to a true sanctioned run for God race here in the southeast, when we do our runs, that last person that crosses that line is cheered on and celebrated. We set it up that way just like the first people are. All right, what about this? Another question some people may have. Should they know the course ahead of time?
2: Well, it's a good idea. You don't really have to worry about where you're going because you're going to have other people to follow, and it's it's not a huge deal, but it always makes you less nervous if you know where the course is, if you know where the hills are, if you know what's coming up ahead and around that next bend. It, it helps. So it uh, helps you to prepare, I guess, mentally. So if you can get your hands on a course map and you can go out and drive the course the day before, then that's great. If not, don't worry about it, though.
0: I mean, there's hills and things that can help you mentally prepare for that, if that's a tough part, if you're uh, that, those type things and, and, uh, and all of that. What about food? All right. I know there's different thoughts on this. Should I eat a special meal before a race?
2: Yeah, we get that one a lot too. And you should, you should eat whatever you've eaten before other runs leading up to this day. You should never do anything different. That's a cardinal rule of racing. Don't change anything on race day. That goes for new shoes, shorts, and definitely food. Really anything. Uh, you may hear people talk about eating carbohydrates or carbo-loading or any number of things, but you don't want to change anything that you have done that whole carbo loading thing that you may have heard somebody talking about is usually that's for marathon runners um, you won't need it for a 5k
1: you know uh, probably one of the biggest mistakes people make and especially new runners is if they're finishing at a big race where they have a, a big ex- expo the night before and they go and they sign up or they pick up their packets and when you go to these big races and there's an expo There's all kinds of people trying to sell you things, new shoes, new nutrition, new socks, all these things. And I hear people who it's okay to buy all that stuff, but they'll go home that night and completely do away with their entire race plan and try all this new stuff out on race day. Like Dean said, don't do that. It's great to have all that stuff and use it in your training in the weeks and, and months ahead. Yeah. Don't use it in the race the next day.
0: Use it for the next race. Absolutely. Next, because, again, this is going to be a lifestyle. It's not going to be a one and done. Right. Anything else before the race?
2: Well, yeah, if you can possibly get your feet up in the week leading up to race day, then do that if you can. I realize there's a lot of folks who they've got jobs and they've got to be on their feet, and and that's okay. It's not it's not the end of the world if you can't. But if you get some time to take your feet off the ground for a little bit, then, then take that time. Um, if, you, if you get your bib early, go ahead and pin it onto your, whatever you're going to wear on race day so that you won't have to worry about that on race morning.
0: Now, you may want to explain what a bib is yes. to people that are running for the first time.
2: That's good. Yeah, a bib is, is your number. Usually, most races will provide you with some kind of a number that, uh, that you'll pin on to, to let everybody know to identify you.
1: You know, Dean, a lot of people do. I've, I've seen this hashtag on social media before, but they, the night before, they'll do what's called a flat runner and that's where they put everything from their head to toes laid out on the bed so it looks like a, a flat runner. And that's just one of those things that you do that night before, so you're not stre- – the idea is to take any stress sure. away before on race mode because you're going to be stressed enough just thinking about the race. So, yeah, uh, look, those, look that hashtag flat runner up, and you'll see what I'm <laughs>
2: talking about.
0: Anything else, Dean, we ought to bring with us to the race?
2: Well, there's a couple of things you wouldn't normally think about, and, uh, and, and those things are a trash bag and some tissues. Uh, that trash bag can be used for several things. It can be used for wet grass, for if it starts to rain. Um, it can even be used for warmth. You'd be amazed at how, how warm a plastic bag is to keep you away from the wind. Um, and obviously, the tissues are, are for a bathroom just in case. Sure. Um, and this may sound crazy, but take some time the day before to visualize yourself running that race. It'll make race day go much smoother if, in your mind, you've already run that thing the day before
0: so that's all preparation now what do we know about race day
2: well make sure that you keep any food that you do eat light Uh, even if you've eaten big meals before runs in the past you you don't want to eat too much before race day where you're going to Uh, run really hard so um, avoid fats and fiber as much as it makes sense uh for some people that's what they eat that's fine if that's what you've been doing but uh, but those things um, give you more gastric issues sometimes Uh, if you don't sleep well the night before don't worry about it i hear people get obsessed with that you're going to be fine Uh, get as much good rest as you can in the week leading up to the race that's way more important than just the night before so for goodness sakes to get up early don't be rushing around trying to get to the race at the last minute because when that happens that that is an extra stressor that you can you can avoid so easily so uh get there at least an hour ahead of race time uh, and leave time for for photos for restroom trips uh For picking up any race materials that you haven't picked up if you didn't get them the day before and if you're meeting somebody make plans for that meeting Uh, it gives you time to get together beforehand and if you do that make sure you have a location set up ahead of time if it's a big huge race sometimes you need to set up a location it's funny how different a place looks the day of the race when it's crowded versus the day before when there's nobody there
0: yeah is there anything else that would come up that would be a surprise
2: yeah good question yes chafing you know for some folks uh when you when you get into the excitement of a race you may change your stride a little it may cause some chafing it doesn't hurt to get some anti-chafing agent and put it under your arms on the inside of your thighs and around that bra area and maybe even a little on your feet especially if you're tender in those areas so especially if anybody if you've if you've ever experienced that before this is a good time to do it before race all
0: right so we're getting you real close and we're almost there to the race (laughs) If you've never heard the story of how God used a construction worker from Dalton, Georgia, Mitchell, right here with Run for God, to start this nationwide ministry, Run for God, you need to check out his story, Mitchell's story, and so many other stories at comeonlet'sgo.com. All right, guys, it's the first race. Should these. People that have participated in this run for God, now this is a 12th week, should they set goals before they start the race?
2: Yeah, you should always set a goal before a race, and that goal can be really simple. It could be as simple as, I just want to finish. That's fine, uh, but set a goal, and, set, and then set a backup goal, too. That's what I like to do, because you never know what the weather's going to be like, or that something can happen. And so I like to set a goal of here's what I really, really want to do. And then here's what the minimum I'm going to accept is. Yeah. And it kind of sometimes that pushes me along to keep me going. So, uh, yeah, set a goal. I've done too many marathons in my
0: life 13.1 or two miles. And my first one, I ended up walking more than I wanted to. And so my second one was I don't care about the time. I just want to finish it without walking. Right. And that was my goal, simple as it was. I don't know what place I was, I wasn't last. Definitely wasn't near the first, but anyway. (laughs) All right, so we're now at the starting line. What's next?
2: Well, get to the start line early. Make sure you're there before time. Uh, don't don't stress out by trying to get to the starting line just in time. Five to ten minutes before the start time is a good time to head on over and get to the starting line. Sometimes they'll herd you uh, and, and kind of push you over in that direction. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes if you're not paying attention, that actually I was running a marathon one time and I realized the race was about to start and I still had my sweats and everything on and. Uh, I had to rip them off real quick, and I actually sprinted to the to the start line before a marathon, so that I could start my marathon. Wow! Uh, yeah, you're excited on race day, and when the gun goes off, this is the one thing you want to keep in mind: don't go off, don't go out too fast. A lot of folks they're so excited, and so they take off
0: before you actually start. Though, when they line people up, I know different races are different, but there's a certain place that you should line up to,
2: right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the we often get folks – we'll get six-year-old kids sometimes that will want to get in the front row. Um, and that's cute and it's adorable. The problem is is it's also dangerous. Yeah. So if you're going to run – say you're going to run 12 minutes a mile, well, you don't want to be up near the front there where the guys are running seven or eight minutes a mile because right. uh, you know the congestion can get somebody hurt. So line up about where you think you're going to finish, and that will help make things go smoother. What else? Well, also, once you're out there um, – there's volunteers all over these courses. Take time to thank one of them. Just at least one volunteer. I like to tell everybody to, to thank at least one person. Um, and then when or if you drink water, make sure you keep moving. Make sure when you get to the end of the race and you get across the finish line that you keep moving. That's one of the things, One of the, because what happens is there's people behind you. It's just like that starting line. There's people behind, and, and there's a flow going, so make sure you realize you're not the only one there
0: okay so I've finished the race is there anything I need to know now after I've finished
2: yeah rejoice amen <laughs> <laughs> and then find some food with a mix of carbs and, and protein don't be a glutton but also make sure you get something in your body uh, soon after finishing obviously if it's warm if it's cold outside make sure you get warm um, any wet clothing that you've got if it's especially if it's cold outside again replace that wet clothing Um And if you ran with a big group, make sure you have decided where you're going to meet because you'll want to go meet with them.
0: And you can always, once you've recovered a little bit, go back to the finish line and cheer on those next people behind Mm -hmm. you because you now know exactly what they've gone through and how tough and difficult it was, and you can help encourage them and celebrate that. All right, so then we we go through all the awards and and everything, and we get our T-shirts and all that. We go home, we wake up the next morning.
2: Are we going to be sore? (laughs) Probably. Uh, But the best thing to do is to go do something active. I know the the temptation is just to sit on the couch and go, I earned this. Yeah. Uh, But you'll be a lot better off if you'll go out, maybe swim or walk, ride a bike, do something active. Um, Take a few days off from running, but then get back to it. And then go join the Run for God Run Club.
0: Yeah, we talked about that last week and actually went through the, the commitment to make this more of a lifestyle. You know, Paul compared our faith with racing. We have mentioned this verse before, but Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Remember, it's a lifestyle, not just a race. Yeah, Ted, you know, what? let's look at what the Bible
1: did not say. It didn't say, let us run with speed. Yeah, let, It didn't say, let us be the first one. Let us get out of the gate fast. Let's just run once. What the author of Hebrews is saying here is is he wants us to recognize that our lives are not sprints. They're not even 5K races, but they're marathons. Yeah.
2: yeah, and Paul also talks about finishing well, meaning you know how we live our lives.
0: Exactly. How about you? You've been listening to us now for 12 weeks. We hope, first and foremost, whether you run your first race this week or not, that you have a relationship with Christ. But if you're still unsure, Mitchell, you want to tell them what they can do?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if you're listening to this podcast today, and if I were to ask the question, I think I asked this question back in the very first week, um, if, if something tragic were to happen to you today, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And, and that is a very, it's a very s- simple answer. Either you do or you don't. If you, if you make a statement like, I'm not sure, then that goes into the don't category. No. If you're
0: 99% uh, sure, you're 100% wrong. Exactly.
1: Uh, we have a great resource that, that many people have walked through. It's a, it's, a, it's a site that we built in conjunction with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and it's simply runforgod.com forward slash God. Um, It's a great resource. It's got uh, four videos on it that you can watch. And it'll clearly and simply walk you through the plan of salvation. Um, Our desire here at Run For God is for you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not a knowledge, but a relationship. And there is a big difference there. So I encourage you, if you have doubts at all, if you're wondering, if you don't know, if you fall into that I don't know or no category, please visit runforgod.com forward slash peace with God.
0: You know, one of the favorite parts, elements of this podcast each and every week is our quote of the week, which kind of motivates you, gets you encouraged. This is the last one. Mitchell, what's our quote for the week?
1: Well, the quote of the week this week is, Praise God and tell others about your goofy-looking shirt. When (laughs) did I hear that before? I may have been the one that said that.
0: (laughs) What about the workout of the week leading up to the race? Well, we're going to be kind of ramping it
1: down. Some people call the last week before a race a taper week, Uh, and that's kind of what we're going to be doing. This week, you're just going to go out, and for the first one or two workouts, you're going to simply jog three miles nice and easy, uh, just making sure that that you can do that distance and it's attainable. Uh, But then for the last workout um, in the the day or two before the race, just go out for a 20-minute walk. All you're trying to do is keep the blood flowing, keep those legs loose, and enjoy how easy that feels. Yeah. And look back, not only at your why, but look back and think back. Look back at those notes that I'm sure you journaled sure. in your 5K challenge book back on week one and realize how easy that first week workout would be. So, for those people that, you know, think back to when you were asking the question, does it get easier? Well, you've got the answer to your question right there. Sure. Uh, and then, like I said, don't forget the five minute warm up walk and the five minute cool down.
0: So there you go. We'd love to hear how your first race went. In fact, I'm sure they can connect with you guys through runforgod.com. And uh, let us know how this podcast, what this podcast has meant to you, how it helped you with your race there. And again, remember, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a one and done. We are so proud of you and for how far you've come and what you've accomplished back from week one and before. And we can't wait to see what God continues to do through you guys runforgod.com for all the most uh, recent and current information on races, on training, on curriculum, and the latest goofy-looking t-shirts. You've been listening to the Run For God podcast. To find out more, visit runforgod.com.